Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. Now, I know I'm supposed to, in the beginning, you know, do some type of an intro and try to build some sort of personal rapport. However, I know that I'm not very good at that, and my transitions into articles afterwards is not very good. So I'm giving up on that altogether, and I'm just diving right into the important stuff, the stories, and my transitions I will work on. Now, I'm going to start off uh, this episode with a few lighthearted stories before I get into the proverbial meat and potatoes. So here we go. Okay, so the first story is regarding Oregon. And there are uh, five counties in Oregon that are trying to succeed from the state and join the neighboring state of Idaho. Now, this is an interesting story, and it opens up a lot of complications, a lot of uh, can of worms, as they say. So what they are trying to do is not vote directly on succession, but vote to tell their uh, representatives that they want to succeed and to introduce the legislation and try to get that passed. Now, on the one hand, we want to acknowledge here that this is a long shot at best, but how extreme have things gotten in Oregon with all the violence, the chaos from the left wing, burning down cities, you know, Oregon, Washington, you know, all of that has become extreme left-wing violence, extreme craziness. I mean, the, the, the state no longer lives anywhere near the vicinity of reality. They're all completely delusional left-wing nutjobs, except for a few counties. Unfortunately, the uh, number of conservative counties are vastly outnumbered by Democrat counties. So the fact that they're having to try and go through and propose such extreme measures to get away from the crazy insanity of the liberals and that the liberals have gone so far off the rails that it has resulted in such extreme attempts is one thing. But the other thing here is it's not going to succeed. It doesn't matter because let's say they go ahead, they cast this vote. You know, people don't actually get to vote on where the state lines are. I mean, that was determined, you know, a long time ago, federal government and drawing up the territories of each state, yada, yada, yada. And as much as we live in a democracy, we can't vote on state lines. Now, even if there was a power uh, or the availability between two states to come to some sort of mutual agreement to redraw state lines, the Democrats would have no interest in doing this. The Democrats that overwhelmingly control the state of Oregon. Because why would the Democrats go ahead, vote to allow these counties to secede from the state of Oregon and join Idaho? That would mean that they would lose all that population. They would lose representation in the House of Representatives. They would lose electoral votes in the Electoral College for president. So they would want to keep these counties within their states because it means political power for the Democrats, more control and influence in Washington, D.C., and the results of the presidential race. And they would have to agree to give that up and give it to a more conservative-leaning state like Idaho and give Republicans more representation in the House and more influence in the Electoral College. So we know that the Democrats are not going to go for this in any way, shape, or form. You know, even if there was some sort of legal means by which to actually do this, the Democrats would fight it tooth and nail, and all the judges over in that area are liberal nut jobs who basically will violate any law or constitution to bend it to their political ideology or will. So this is already a long shot to begin with, but let's say they did succeed. Can you imagine the chaos that this would inject throughout the entire countries as other counties would see this and other states see the precedent for it, and then they would start their own movement? We could start seeing where people and states, you know, would start dividing in uh, the state up by ideological lines, you know, where the Democrats um, probably live on the left side of the state, Republicans on the right side of the states, and then they just vote to separate and join uh, the surrounding states. This could change the number of states that we have. There would be constantly uh, talks of successions, forming new states, you know, and all of that. I mean, this would, if it succeeded, would set the precedent for complete craziness and chaos throughout the country, where instead of being able to just vote. And I understand if you're in a Democrat area, you know, being able to vote doesn't seem to work because one, you may be vastly outnumbered, but two, the elections in those areas are so vastly rigged that there is absolutely almost zero chance of a Democrat losing because of how they have everything set up and that the school systems are so crazy and the children are so indoctrinated and that businesses 
over there are basically running their stuff to say, hey, either you go along with what the uh, Democrat ideology says, or you're going to lose your job. You're going to lose access to financial institutions. You're going to lose everything. You're going to be financially ruined. You know, and so they, so by not being able to convince people, you know, through debates of ideas, reasoning, and facts, they go through and they force through threat, threat against your financial security and threat against you physically. So, I mean, it is interesting. I just don't see any legal means by which they'll be able to actually accomplish this. And I'm kind of concerned for the precedent that this would set if they're able to automatically vote and be able to succeed from one state and go to another state. I mean, what if this was a county that wasn't on the borders and instead was a county that, you know, was in the middle of a state? Okay, so if they voted to secede, what would happen to them? Where, where would they go? How, how would you have that territory? I mean, this has the ability to create a complete and total mess. I applaud them for their efforts, uh, but I think their efforts are being you know, are are in the wrong way. They're spending a lot of energy towards something that has no possibility of happening, right? It would be best uh, for you to just try politically, you know, to try and, you know, open up some liberals' eyes and try to get more and more numbers in the state. But I know even that is pretty hard because the Democrats, the power authoritarians that they are, basically, you know, rig the system and then do everything they can to silence you so that you can't debate ideas. I get that. Okay, moving along here, the next lighthearted topic before we get into the meat and potatoes. So as you know, there's increasing conversation about UFOs, unidentified aerial phenomenons, or unidentified flying objects for the layman. And all this increased talk has been the result of the Pentagon releasing videos and photos, acknowledging that they have an entire government program and team you know, designated towards, well, exploring these and trying to figure out what they are. I mean, some people, uh, if you were someone who was a young kid to a mid-teenager in the 90s, maybe suddenly going, hey, they're going to reveal the X-Files here. Were the X-Files somehow real? Well, that is an interesting idea or concept to explore. But as you know, the government is set to release a report. Now, I've poked fun at this and go, well, you know, who says they have to be aliens? Maybe they're time-traveling archaeologists who, after f- figuring out how fake the media is, decided to travel back in time to f- try and figure out what the real history was of what went on. You know, I mean, we could have a lot of fun. We could poke a lot of fun at this. But we see that this has now gone from tinfoil hat people and their parents' basement. You know, people who wear the same tinfoil hat as those like Rachel Maddow, only their tinfoil hat is on aliens instead of conspiracy theories about Trump-Russia collusion and such. But it has gone from that and into mainstream conversations where now we even see major news networks kind of talking about it a little bit. However, you know, as they talk about it, they talk about it with skepticism, they poke fun at it, or they just go, really, this is what our government is focused on. It's not like you don't have anything else to talk about, which is one take on it. But the other take is, you know, you have Obama who came out and said, yes, you know, these are real. These are objects moving in a way uh, that we can't explain uh, with propulsion systems that we can't detect. We don't know what's, um, you know, how they're moving and what their propulsion systems are, you know, uh, that are going around, but he stopped short of aliens, you know, and so we have all of this. And if it's true, you know, that these are alien space vehicles, and I'll get to a few articles about that in a moment, it would be the biggest story in the history, not of the United States, but of the entire world. So it's interesting, as the Blaze points out, that how are these UFO confirmations by the Pentagon not front page news? Think about this. This would be the biggest story if these UFOs were alien spacecrafts. In the entire history of the of the world, of mankind, the biggest news, and it's not even making the front page. I mean, think about that. The media is so concerned politically, trying to spin narratives, so focused on the election, that they're basically ignoring the biggest potential story we have ever known. With that said, since this isn't uh, on the front page of every major publication, and this isn't being blasted all over the news, there are two possibilities. One, 
they are so corrupt in the media and such that they are only focused on elections to such a degree that they'll ignore any other story, that they're only focused on gaslighting and political power, or two, they know something that we don't about this being overhyped. You know, that maybe they've had some contact with government officials who have kind of come out and quietly and anonymously gone through and told them what the real deal is. And, and they realize that, Hey, this is not the story that some people are trying to hype it up to be. And so they're not covering it right now so that when the government report comes out and they find some sort of rational explanation or they come out and, you know, debunk that these are extraterrestrial in nature, they can come out and make fun of everybody because they knew enough to know that this wasn't real. And then on the other hand, if the go- but they could be just hedging their bets and, you know, getting ready to make fun of all the people that were buying into the hype while at the same time hedging their bets and saying, hey, you know, if it does get uh, confirmed as alien vehicles, extraterrestrial vehicles, then they'll start covering it and they'll just use the name excuse of who could have thought that this would actually be real, that there wasn't some other logical explanation for this. So they could be hedging their bets either way. You know, so they could know something that we don't know uh, or hedging their bets. But there's a reason why this is not dominating the front page and every major you know, news broadcast going on. So those of you who are out there getting overhyped and getting excited about the revelations of what really happened in Roswell, New Mexico and Area 51 and all of that, I hate to tell you this, but I am pretty sure you're going to be vastly disappointed. And even if these were extraterrestrial vehicles, spaceships uh, from alien worlds and aliens on them, and they have made contact with our world leaders. Do you really think they would actually tell us? Do you think they would actually come forward and divulge that to us? Or is it they notice uh, an increase in sightings and everyone carrying cameras on their phone and are out there trying to figure out a way to you know, explain it away so people will ignore these videos for at least a little while longer while they try to find a way to slowly manage the release. I mean, it could be, but here's another theory. Here's another theory here is that maybe, maybe this is a psychological test. Now, as we uh, get into talking about the psychological test on the people, I mean, let's go ahead and examine some of the reports that are coming out from people talking about the government's UFO office and the unidentified aerial phenomenon. So, uh, as reported here by the Daily Wire, head of Pentagon UFO office, government in possession of exotic materials from mysterious vehicles. So it goes on to read, the former head of the Pentagon's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program uh, told Fox News' Tucker Carlson on Wednesday that he believes the United States government is in possession of mysterious exotic technology as a result of encounters with unidentified aircrafts. When asked whether the government is in possession of physical evidence of advanced technology, Elizondo, however you pronounce that, told Carlson that he believed it was true. Uh, Is there debris of material from any of these vehicles, Carlson asked. And the response was, the United States government is in possession of exotic materials, and I'll leave it at that. Elizondo has routinely stopped short of suggesting that any encounters with unidentified aerial phenomenons even those that may have produced evidence of superior technology, means that the U.S. government has had contact with extraterrestrial life. Now, let me go through here and point out a few things, and that is the very selective and carefully worded statements that are being made by these officials coming out and talking about these unidentified aerial phenomenons and getting ready for the Pentagon release. And when they are very much parsing their words, hedging their bets, you know, hedging their words here, you got to start wondering why. Well, there is a couple of possibilities. These people are taking a look at the situation and are deciding that they just want to get their 15 minutes of fame. Hey, look, guys, I'm on TV talking. I'm on a major news network talking about alien spaceships, right? But they're hedging their bets so that they can come back and say, well, I never said aliens or spaceships. I just said exotic materials, you know, and possible advanced technology. You know, the fact that we found exotic materials and that we created uh, more advanced technology 
than what has been previously shared with the private sector or the public at large. You know, that wasn't an implication of spaceships. So they're using their words here to be vague so that when the report comes out, they can quickly shift and explain it away that, hey, you know, it's not my fault you took it to mean alien spaceship. You know, so there's kind of that game uh, that is going on. And another thing here is while this person, you know, with Tucker Carlson is talking about exotic materials, exotic technology from unidentified, uh, you know, crafts or unidentified vehicles. This person openly admits, if you actually watch it, that they have not actually seen it themselves. So they're going off and they're talking about what they believe to be true, even though they haven't seen it themselves. And they're using carefully selected words so that after the Pentagon report comes out, they can come out and say, well, it's not my fault you took it to mean that. You know, I didn't actually say alien spaceships and alien technology. I said exotic materials, you know, and unidentified vehicles. You know, I, it's not my fault you took it as spaceships, right? I mean, you can see that. And then again, if it does turn out to be alien spaceships, you know, they can come out and say, see, I told you so. See, I, I'm, I'm someone who is, who is in the know, someone who knows a lot about the, you know, secret files of the government. And you know, want to know what else the government is holding back from you and then go off on whatever crazy tangent, you know, but I almost think that this is like a psychological test here to see how much, you know, or how, you know, gullible the average person is, to see how much or how easy it is to get people to believe in something that isn't true, to get them all hyped up and to believe it, and then do a study afterwards, after the government, you know, releases its report to see, based off of, you know, the report and the hype leading up to the report, what people believe. Do they believe the report or do they believe you know, all of the hype and manipulative language leading up to it. So you can kind of see how this is going here. You know, and it's fun to talk about. Yes, it is. In fact, I've talked about it for a lot longer than I thought I would. But it, it is fun to talk about. But, you know, it, I just don't think it's going to live up to the Internet hype that is building around this. And then if this is a psychological test, they can use this as an example of why they need to pass new regulations for censorship on the internet to be able to go off and prevent such things from, you know, spreading misinformation, spreading false information to the public and, you know, uh, misleading the public and, you know, all of that. If this is some sort of psychological test, you know, I, I can see all that and they'll take all the people that are kind of poking fun at it. And, to, and use them as examples as if they were serious or as if they actually believe it. So if you think that there's going to be some big major revelations, I mean, at most, if the spaceships really are real, the government is just going to come out with a report, just say, you know, what we already know. We got things uh, flying around. We don't know uh, how they're being, you know, powered. You know, we don't know how they're moving the way they are, but we don't. You know, we just don't know. But here's what we know based off of this. I mean, if you take a look at this trajectory and this slight turn or how it's moving, we just don't understand how that's happening. It seems to be a threat. Hey, can you give us more money? I can see that as being one of the ways in which this goes. All right. So we'll find out soon enough. I believe it's what in July that we'll find out. And so it'll be interesting to see all the hype leading up to it, what people will start talking about, what they'll believe and then see how that compares to the actual reports along with, you know, especially with all of the carefully worded statements that are coming out. And then after the report comes out to see what people believe or not. I mean, if this is a psychological study, it is a damn good one. And if we uh, allow ourselves to get overexcited about the possibilities here, then that could actually be used against us as people will go, well, see, if we can convince people of UFOs, then obviously, you know, misinformation spreading around the internet is very dangerous and people are very susceptible to it. So we need to patch more censorship laws in order to prevent such manipulation from being able to go around. I mean, don't put it past the Democrats to try and use this as an opportunity to make up an excuse in order to enact censorship. And by the way, if you get all hyped up about aliens and you believe in the UFOs and they come out with a report and it's not aliens and UFOs, and then they use that to enact censorship on the internet, 
You only have yourself to blame for that. Okay, enough about that. Let's go ahead and start getting into something more serious, a more consequential topic here, and that is the Democrats' push for a January 6th commission. So as you know, the Democrats are out there trying to push the idea that January 6th, what happened at the Capitol, was a major insurrection, that it was one of the biggest attacks on democracy that we have witnessed. Now, it fails in comparison to all of the violence, damage, and domestic terrorism that the left has been engaged in for mm, a year and a half now, or close to a year and a half, going through burning down cities, violently attacking people, and even killing people. You know, it pales into comparison to that, but they're not concerned about all of the left-wing domestic terrorist groups burning down cities. No, 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 no. They want to go through and investigate what happened at the Capitol on January 6th. Now, some people may go off and point out, well, you know, January 6th actually directly affects them, whereas left-wing groups burning down cities that they're not living in and their offices are not at, well, that, that's not as much of a concern because it doesn't directly affect them. Okay, maybe, maybe that's a fair point. But the Democrats have overhyped them. And when it came down to the vote here for whether or not in the House, at least the House vote, whether or not to form a January 6th commission to figure out what happened, the Democrats engaged in political theater that most of the Republicans wouldn't join them in supporting such a commission. And they went out on the floor to chastise the Republicans. Here's what that sounded like. I want, I want to thank the gentleman from New York and the other Republicans who are supporting this and thank them for their bipartisanship. To the other 90% of our friends on the other side of the aisle, holy cow, incoherence. No idea what you're talking about. Ben Benghazi, you guys chased the former Secretary of State all over the country, spent millions of dollars. We have people scaling the Capitol, hitting the Capitol Police with lead pipes across the head, and we can't get bipartisanship. What else has to happen in this country? Cops. This is a slap in the face to every rank-and-file cop in the United States. If we're going to take on China, if we're going to rebuild the country, if we're going to reverse climate change, we need two political parties in this country that are both living in reality, and you ain't one of them. Well, there you have it, folks. There's the Democrats going off, already using the January 6th commission that hasn't even been formed yet, but the vote on whether or not to form it, already using that as a political cudgel, a political weapon and tool in order to attack the Republicans. And the Democrats are going out there and trying to say, oh, what, but what about the police officers? This is an insult to the police officers. When the Democrats have been out there demonizing the police and yelling defund the police for how long? And trying to prosecute the police officers having to defend themselves against violent criminals who attack them just because those violent criminals happen to have a certain skin color? Now, if they have other skin colors, well, then, you know, they agree that it's justified. It's only certain skin colors that you're not allowed to attack. But after all of that, they're already trying to use this as a political weapon and a political tool in order to go after Republicans. And sadly, there are 35 Republicans in the House that voted with the Democrats to establish a 9-11 style commission for January 6th. And one of those representatives is from my home state of Iowa. Now, she's not my direct representative. I'm not in her district. Well, it's uh, Marionette Miller Meek, Republican of Iowa. If you're a fellow Iowan and you live in this person's district, then you should be running in a primary challenge because, my God, how stupid does, this, does Miller Meeks have to be to go along and, with this whole January 6th commission when we know that it's going to be a fraud? And the Democrats are already engaging in the political theater that we know they won't be able to resist doing. And Newsmax has pointed this out, along with a lot of other people, about how we can't trust the Democrats because this would be nothing more than a political tool to use in order to set up for the 2022 midterms elections. I mean, let's go ahead and take a few examples here of why it is we can't trust the Democrats with this commission to go after what happened on January 6th. Just kind of using other examples here of things that have happened in the past. Okay, so the Democrats want to set up this commission. The same Democrats who engaged in endless investigations into President Trump baselessly and 
pushed for and got the Mueller probe. Now, here's a group of people that paid someone to make baseless accusations against the president or against then-candidate Trump. Then uh, an investigation opens up. There was no verifications or attempt to corroborate. And yes, I know I'm not saying that perfectly correct. Uh, Unless I get surgery for a tongue tie, I'm not going to be able to say certain things correctly, okay? Deal with it. But they went off and they paid somebody to make up false accusations. The FBI violated the Woods procedures, didn't actually try and verify if any of it was true, went to the FISA courts, lied to the FISA courts, altered documents in order to get surveillance warrants, in order to target and spy on then-candidate Trump, their Obama's and Hillary Clinton's political opponents, the Democrats' political adversary. And then when that was starting to surface and James Comey was fired, they got the Mueller probe. Now, they stacked the Mueller probe, although they tried to say this is bipartisan, this is fair and objective, this is nonpartisan. And yet they stacked them with a bunch of anti-Trump partisan hacks. And then the Mueller probe went on and for, what, two years all the way through the 2018 midterms, it was constantly reporting about the Mueller probe. Oh, the Mueller probe, they're finding this. It's Trump-Russia collusion that. You know, Mueller, he can be trusted to be fair, and it's all about the truth and accuracy. And they were able to use that as a cudgel and a weapon in order for the Democrats to take the House in 2018. And then we got to the hearings on the Mueller report. And first off, Mueller didn't seem to have a clue what the heck he was even investigating. And yet, you know, a whole report came out, and the report has been largely discredited. You know, it was just a bunch of political propaganda paid for by the taxpayers where they included transcripts, where they edited out key information and details, and they edited it out in order to fit a political narrative. You had situations such as the uh, Trump Tower meeting between Trump Jr. and that Russian lawyer, Natalia Vetnaskaya, and then they tried to leave out that that meeting was gained under false pretenses, and that they only took the meeting as a favor to somebody else, and set up with their assistance to text them to have an excuse to leave. Then they get there, and instead of talking about Russian adoption policies, they wanted to, uh, Natalia Vetnaskaya wanted to talk about dirt on Hillary Clinton. And they said, no, thank you. If you have anything incriminating on Hillary Clinton, submit it to the government, you know, to the Department of Justice or the FBI, you know, telling her to, you know, rejecting the, uh, the offer for information and telling her to go to the authorities if she actually had anything of consequence. And the left used that meeting to attack Trump and try and push this whole conspiracy theory. But then it got worse. We found out that this Russian lawyer that they were using to attack Trump and push this collusion hoax was actually working for the Democrat. That after getting the meeting, Obama gave her a special expedited visa to enter the country, met with Fusion GPS, who was working for the Democrats on opposition research before the meeting, went to the meeting, and then had another meeting with Fusion GPS right afterwards. So she was a Democrat operative, and Mueller seemed clueless. And we saw this time and time again with the Mueller probe, where they would investigate some sort of contact with Russians. You know, a lot of, you know, they tried to promote that as much as possible when all these Russian contacts were really innocuous, you know, things that would happen over the regular course of business, or, I know, politicians being in a government office, you know, such as... uh, no, oh, shoot, I already forget his name, the first attorney general under uh, Trump. So unremarkable, I already forget his name for some reason. You know, but anyways, they kept on pushing this. But then, as Mueller went off and went off to really investigate anybody and everybody in Trump's orbit, including Carter Page, whose contact with the Russians was done at the behest of our own government, the CIA. They went off and investigated that, but then... When asked about all of the Democrats' contacts with Russians, and a lot of times the very same Russians, and that those contacts were even deeper, Mueller was clueless. He wasn't investigating Russia interference and the election. He was investigating Trump, and so he was clueless about the facts. He was clueless and refused to investigate all of the Democrats' collusion with foreign people, entities, and governments. I mean, we have foreign interference all the time on the Democrat side. They have large funding sources for their campaigns coming from overseas. And Mueller, you know, ignored all of that, refused to look at that, was completely clueless because he was only focused not on Russian interference 
or any type of collusion between political candidates. He was focused solely on trying to get Trump and those around Trump. So being so partisan, developing such a false report and ignoring actual evidence because it was against the Democrats, and you wonder why it is we have such hard time trusting the Democrats' claims that if they had a January 6th commission, that this would be fair, that this would be you know, um, about the truth. And they're going, well, yeah, but there would be elected members of Republicans on this commission. Yeah, yeah, if the Democrats had their way, that would mean Mitt Romney and his ilk. You know, not actual Republicans, but Democrats pretending to be Republicans. All right, and the left has already politicized the January 6th. I've already stated this. They've, they've over-exaggerated what happened. And parts of their narrative have already been debunked. This whole, they stormed the Capitol. No, they weren't. We have video of Capitol Police actually saying they can come in, inviting them in, signaling for them to, yes, come in, and then explaining to them, okay, we're going to let you in, but you just need to remain peaceful. You know, this is part of your First Amendment, you know, free speech, the right to protest, but it must be peaceful. And we saw the people, you know, echoing that, hey, they're going to let us in. You know, we just remain peaceful. We can't be violent. You know, if we want to be effective, if we want to be heard, we must remain peaceful. You know, that is completely different than the Democrats' narrative of insurrectionists storming the Capitol. And then you take a look at the videos where people were just walking around like they were taking a tour. You know, when it came to those who were on, who walked onto the Senate floor, they were being escorted onto the Senate floor by police officers. And of course, some people did a few things wrong. Yes, they entered, uh, you know, um, our, the elected members' offices, you know, sat at their desk and, you know, posed for a photo op. Okay, I get it, but that's not hardly an insurrection. Was there maybe an instance of, of violence here and there? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Although those accounts are very hard to actually truly verify, but okay, maybe. But you would say about 99% of it was peaceful. And yet, while they're trying to act like this was a large insurrection, they go back and they take a look at left-wing groups burning down cities and they go, well, that was mostly peaceful. That's not insurrection. That's not terrorism. That's mostly peaceful protest. Or, you know, let's harken back to Don Lemon, you know, or Chris Cuomo. Uh, Yeah, it was Chris Cuomo asking about, tell me where it says that protests have to be peaceful. You see, they find a way to excuse violence on their side and then they overhype the violence. Yeah, you know, heck, you got a lot of um, you know protests on the conservative sides in which there is zero violence, and they tried to say that's example of violent domestic terrorism. So it's no wonder that we have absolutely no faith in the Democrats' ability to actually engage in an in a, in a bipartisan, legitimate, truth-seeking investigation. When in reality, they're just going to go off and use this as a political tool. And of course, and they're not just going to limit it to attacking Trump. They're going to go through and try to use this as a political tool to lump all Republican candidates in 2022 as part of the insurrection, violent extremists. And they're going to try and use that as an excuse to once again have government and its agencies target the Democrats' political opponent. But it will go beyond that because they're going to go off and investigate everything. You know, it's going to be the eight degrees of Kevin Bacon here when it comes to investigating what happened on January 6th at the Capitol. So it's not just going to be limited to Trump and uh, his uh, political supporters in the House and the Senate and attacking them. No, they're also going to end up going after the donors. They're going to go after the candidates and the candidates' donors. Then they're going to move on to attacking the free speech platforms such as Parler, such as Gab, Minds, MeWe in order to justify taking action in order to shut those platforms down so that we are forced back onto the censorship-heavy platforms, or more accurately described publishers, of Facebook and Twitter, where they get to control what we're allowed to see what and what we're allowed to say, and basically try and control what we think. Oh, and it gets worse. They'll even expand that to conservative influencers. They'll, so they're not just going to target the candidate the candidates, donors, and the free speech platforms by which we can freely communicate and disseminate actual information without the censorship of left-wing tech tyrants. But then they're going to go after the influencers, the podcasters, the you know YouTube and Rumble hosts, 
you know, and influencers and all of that and lump them in and try and scare off their, well, their financial support. They're going to scare off their sponsors because then after they lump in the influencers, they're going to go after the sponsors and go, hey, you're helping to fund people that that are inciting insurrection. Maybe that deserves extra government scrutiny. And so what they're going to do is use this as a political tool to completely shut down the Republicans and the conservatives' ability to compete in the election. You know, wrap up all the candidates and investigations and have information leaked about that have nothing to do with January 6th. Shut down their donors, shut down their social media platforms, shut down the influencers and cut off sponsors. It's going to be used as a political tool to completely make it so that Republicans can't actually run in any election whatsoever. It's going to be used to to basically push forth the most rigged, unfair election in history that would make even what happened in 2020 pale in comparison. But what are maybe some other examples of why we have such huge mistrust in the Democrats and their reasoning or why it is they're pushing so hard for a January 6th uh, commission, 9-11 style commission? Well, let's see here. How about their ability to twist anything and everything in order to fit a political narrative? So we have a story here from Just the News, where they are pushing in some schools to which they obtain slides from, from their social justice class list, labeling statements such and campaign slogans such as Make America Great Again and claiming that it's a covert white supremacy statement. It identif- and so the article goes on. It, the slide identifies the phrase, Make America Great Again, as a type of covert white supremacy. Thomas Paine Middle School course titled Reading and Taking Action for Social Justice. So they, yeah, we, and we know where this is going. It also states uh, that the class took place January 13th through January 17th, 2020. Hey, wait a minute. That was at the height of the pandemic and they were having in-person classes? Hmm. That they met for 50 minutes each day. There were no grades given and no actual work was done. It was just sit there and then they just bash anything and everything they disagree with as white supremacy and demonize it. Uh, The middle school is connected to with uh, Montgomery County Public Schools in Maryland, a school district that awarded more than $454,000 for an anti-racist system audit. The board voted to award the contract to Mid-Atlantic Equity Consortium to conduct an anti-racist system audit for a total amount not to exceed $454,680. So you want to understand why it is that the Republicans would have such low confidence in the Democrats' ability to run a, a, a truthful, objective 9-11-style commission on January 6th? How about the fact that they are completely dishonest about everything? How they're able to go through and twist every statement. They'll go through and say, well, you may have said, you know, we must remain peaceful, but everybody understood that that was a dog whistle. You know, you were just covering up, but that was a dog whistle. After all, they're trying to say, make America great again is a dog whistle. They've gone off now and tried to, and been able to convince a lot of people that the okay, that making the okay symbol with your hand to signify agreement with something is a white supremacy statement. So you see how they're able to twist anything and everything in order to fit a political narrative, how they're able to twist and try and say, well, that's just a dog whistle. That is just a covert you know, dog whistle to signal the exact opposite of what you actually said. And that type of thing would go into this type of commission, into its final product, into its final report, and how the media would go off and twist every last statement and claim it's some sort of a dog whistle. You see, their lack of objectivity and their constant spinning and twisting of anything and everything in order to fit their political narrative goes off and makes this completely and totally you know, untrustworthy. And that they have attacked the schools, of course, replacing education with leftist indoctrination, forcing uh, compliance with left-wing uh, viewpoints, or you get a failed grade. You know, I mean, it is sickening. And then you hear, you know, Black Lives Matter and critical race theory, where they claim to be anti-racist, and then also go through and try to claim that you need to view history through the lens of skin color. 
right? So they can go off and go, well, this action may not have looked bad at the time, but if you put it through the lens of skin color, it does appear to be an attack, it's racist, and there are claims that America is so racist that it's impossible to change, so it's just a matter of understanding that America is racist as its core in order to determine what to do next. I mean, you see how they're constantly attacking, demonizing, twisting anything and everything to mean something that it doesn't mean in order to fit their narratives. And they want us to trust them with this commission, and, and especially after multiple impeachment attempts based off of false narratives with no evidence and no witnesses, and yet they went off to impeach them twice, baselessly, and that was followed after Mueller's debunked bogus in probe investigation. Jeez, I can't imagine why it is we have such little trust and faith in the Democrats. Oh, but it gets even better. You know, you got leftists on CNN. You know, a CNN host argues opposing Antifa means you're on the same side as Hitler? Say what? Yes. So what is it, uh, that Shades of America? You know, whatever. But in any event, he goes on there and tries to claim that, you know, Antifa, you know, they always try to go, Antifa stands for anti-fascist. So if you're against Antifa, you're for fascism. And this is another reason why we can't trust the Democrats. Because they don't care about the actual actions. They, they promote what they claim something to be. They promote what they label it to be. And the actions don't matter. It doesn't matter what actually happens. It only matters what you call it, what you claim. Actual you know, actions, evidence, facts, that doesn't matter. That's all you know, subservient, secondary to the overall narrative. You got the narrative, and then everything must be bent to fit that narrative. And so they're going off and trying to claim that Antifa is anti-fascist, even though all of their tactics, actions, and behaviors are that of fascists. So you must be a fascist in order to fight fascism. I, I guess that is the you know, main claim that he is trying to make here. And so he goes on the side and goes, well, on the one side, you have Hitler and Mussolini. And on the other side, you have you know whoever the left is propping up. The name doesn't matter. And which side of the table do you want to be on? And of course, they put uh, the name of this anti, you know, the supposed anti-fascist, this Antifa member. You know, so they're going off and saying, either you agree with us, either you side with this domestic terrorist group, or you're Hitler. Yes, so much objectivity. So much objectivity. I mean, it, it is just amazing how they're going there. I mean, they are so radicalized that they believe domestic terrorism is peaceful protesting. And they are so skewed here. I mean, here is another example. Joy Reid, you know, on the review, nods in agreement with Rashida uh, Khalidi, you know, and explains why it's so refreshing to see media and young people wake up to Israel oppression. I mean, they are so devoid of reality, so warped, so twisted. They're out there trying to make the claims that Israel is an oppressor, an apartheid state, that Israel is the one that attacked Hamas and Israel and not the other way around. They're demonizing Israel for responding to an attack on Israel and then try, and trying to claim it as oppressor. So with so much warped, twisted, you know, from the Democrats, there is absolutely no way in which this style of commission, maybe in the past, maybe in the past, before the Democrats completely lost their minds, that we could go along with such a commission if only to, you know, prove, you know, that they are liars, that their whole narrative is completely false and get to the truth of the matter. But with the Democrat Party of today, there is not going to be any semblance of truth. This is just going to be a political tool in order to attack Republicans and shut down uh, Republicans' ability to actually campaign in the 2022 election. And we know this because of how they've twisted and perverted other issues, not just past investigations, such as the Mueller report, not just because of the phony impeachment, but how they're twisting you know, everything as dog whistles for white supremacy. Campaign slogans are you know, views that have nothing to do with race in any way, shape, or form as dog whistles for racism. How they try to go off and say, you either agree with us in our fascist actions or you're Hitler. And they're... I, there is absolutely no way you can do this in any manner or any way, shape, or form in which people could have any trust whatsoever in the Democrats. So when it comes down to it, those 35 Republicans 
who sided with the Democrats in the House in order to vote for this commission, you are the dumbest bunch of Republicans to have ever existed. In fact, you you don't even have the right to call yourselves Republicans anymore because the, these are, would be the same Republicans that are not only voting to give the Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats all the power of the government in order to target their political opponents, to target all Republicans and everybody in the country, right? But these are the same people that was out there promoting Mueller, saying Mueller is completely trustworthy. We can trust Mueller, of course. We can go out there and, you know, believe that Mueller's objectivity and, you know, uh, believe in the work that he's doing. And Trump better not fire Mueller. These are the same people that have gone along with every Democrat conspiracy theory that they have come up with to attack President Trump and his supporters. So in what world do these people get to continue to call themselves Republicans when they side with the Democrats on every conspiracy theory nearly 100% of the time? But they're going to use these 35 Republicans, you know, these rhinos, in order to push the idea that this is bipartisan. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so, no, the main thing here is if they do manage to, well, the the commission is dead in the Senate unless somehow they change the rules to get their tie-breaking vote, you know, that fraud Kamala Harris in order to push through, to push this through. But otherwise it's dead in the Senate. You know, luckily, you know, if a single Republican in the Senate comes out and gives the uh, the Democrats the ability to push this through. I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I will be flabbergasted and speechless. Okay. Well, taking a look here at all the topics, I knew I wouldn't be able to get through uh, everything. So I'll try and get through just a couple more things here uh, before ending the episode. So a federal judge sides with Biden, rules Christian college must allow biological men to share shower with women. Okay, so this is them going off and trying to push this whole transgenderism uh, ordeal. You know, transgenderism, can you think of anything more fake, false, and devoid of any science and reality? Look, there are only two genders. It's determined by by biology, which is determined at the moment of conception. And no matter what you say, no matter what you want to think, you cannot change that. Your biology determines your gender, right? But the judge is going off and trying to say, you must allow biological men to shower with women. I mean, this is an attack on women. I mean, think about this. Women are now being told they have to let men into the locker rooms with them, into the showers with them, shower naked with them, and let these men gaze upon these women's naked body, and they can't say anything about it, or they're horrible, bigoted people, and allow men to take up all their trophies and scholarships. I mean, this is absolutely insane. Now, just think about this if this wasn't college, and think about it on um, a lower grade level, you know, where you know, children start changing for the first time for their PE classes. You know, I believe that starts in elementary school. And now you're having, and if you're a father of a young girl, I mean, I don't have any daughters, but I'll just try and put myself in this position. If I was a father and I had a girl who was in elementary school and the schools are out there trying to say, or the judges are out there trying to say that boys must be allowed in the locker room to view uh, that daughter, that fourth grade girl, some naked body, I would be outraged. And if I was an adult and, you know, and if I was a woman, which I'm not, you know, biologically, no, you know, I would think that, you know, the Democrats push to force you to allow men into the shower room with you to see your naked body showering together. You might actually wake up and have a problem with this. And I'm sure most women do. I'm sure most women do. But now they're going off and trying to say that a Christian college has to accept the idea of transgenderism at their school, violating that college's faith to begin with. I mean, this is complete and total insanity here. Now, to go along uh, with other insanity, so a report has come out that, uh, also uh, from the Daily Wire, that the Biden administration is quietly flying migrant children, illegal immigrants, into Republican states. And they're not doing it in the broad light of day. No, no, no. They're scheduling the flights to come in in the middle of the night where people are unlikely to be paying attention and sneaking them into red states that have refused to accept these kids. And they're not just putting them in federal facilities to be dispersed later. Now, the question is, why are they so focused on trying to force these 
illegal immigrants that they love so much into Republican states? Why aren't they just focusing on uh, blue states, Democrat states? After all, they're the ones who are promotion, uh, promoting and telling everybody we must accept them. So why aren't they putting them into blue states? You know, why is it that they are trying to force and push them into red states? Well, there could be a couple of reasons for that. One, um, the blue states have already filled themselves up past capacity uh, to take in illegal immigrants in order to try and gain political power, and they just don't have any more room for any more illegal immigrants. You know, that is one uh, theory uh, there. You know, one, uh, the second theory is they know how damaging illegal immigration is, and they're trying to force it to create problems in red states in order to create an election issue in order to campaign on. All that, that is another uh, possibility there. Or another possibility is they're trying to fill up illegal immigrants into red states across the country. They're trying to fill up, push as many illegal immigrants into Republican states as much as possible so that they are in place for their amnesty plan, so that you know they want to take in as many illegal immigrants as possible, send them to red Republican states. And then just before the election, just in time, you know, they're going to pass their amnesty plan. And then all of a sudden, all these red Republican states are filled up with hundreds of thousands of new voters for Democrat, turning the states from red to blue by importing illegal immigrants into the country. I mean, that is their ultimate goal. That is their ultimate objective is to replace voters because we're not voting for them and they have to continue to engage in more blatant and overt fraud. Okay, so I'm taking a look at the time here. I'm pushing up on about an hour. I had one more story left regarding critical race theory. Uh, however, that would push me well over uh, the one hour that I'm trying to keep the audio version of the show uh, down to. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I may uh, get to that um, tomorrow. I may uh, produce a bonus extra episode uh, for Saturday in order to cover and kind of wrap up a few things that I am not able to get to throughout the week. Okay. So I'd like to thank you all so much for listening in. Uh, you know, I, I always am humbled by taking a look at the download numbers. You know, the podcast does a lot better than the video. So thank you so much for that. If you're new to listening to the show, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. It doesn't cost anything. Hitting subscribe just means follow. I don't know why they don't just change that to follow, but go ahead and hit that follow button. Leave me a rating and review and share this anywhere where the links to this podcast is allowed to be shared. Uh, kids are starting to get restless. I'll see if I can edit that out. Probably not, you know, but at least they behave for the most part. Okay. Anyways. Leave, subscribe, leave me ratings, reviews, share this wherever links to this podcast is allowed to be shared. Thank you so much, and I will be back again soon.